What up, what up, what up? Peace. What's good, everybody? Welcome back. My name is Sonny Toure. I'm Akita G. And this is the Fire This Time podcast. Episode 53. 53. Five Trey. You know, we had a, a few weeks off, you know what I'm saying? Our apologies. We had some big technical difficulties, you yep, know what I'm yep. saying? Episodes recorded, but the... The audio just all messed up, all funky. We can't do y'all like that. We need one so we had to, uh, you know, make some purchases, get them some things right, and hopefully, you know, we, we where we need to be at right now. For sure, for sure. But uh, with that being said, go on and welcome the people properly. You know, we Africans in here, so you know what I'm saying? We got to extend the greetings, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Well, first of all, we got to show straight greetings to, first and above all, the ancestors. Then we got to show grub to the elders. And then we're going to show love to all the other Africans and uh, original people on the planet Earth right now that's taking the time to actually sit down and listen to us and listen to what we got to give and hear some of our thoughts and opinions, you know, through a new African revolutionary lens, as we like to call it. Um, So we definitely glad that y'all with us again. Always remember, like, share, leave comments, let us know what you like, what you don't like. And you know, maybe we can get about approving that for y'all. You know? Brothers, 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 brothers and sisters, our friends and, and our enemies. Thank you, Baba Malcolm. As usual. So uh yeah, let's go ahead and get it started, Aki. Thank you for the welcome, brother. You know what I'm saying? And uh this week's fire is we're gonna talk about a hip hop group that uh I just this I, I said really tuned in to. I heard about them maybe a month or two ago. Really tuned in this past week though. Really did my due diligence. Yes. Uh, and that is Coast Contra. Yes. These four brothers. You know what I'm saying. I haven't even done no research about where they from. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. None of that. I'm pretty sure East Coast. If I'm not mistaken, just off the vibe, off the aesthetic. Uh, you know what? I got a West Coast vibe off them. Really. Really. I don't know why I got that West Coast vibe off them. So we talking about you know four brothers, four artists, two of them twin brothers. One of them uh, is an immigrant for I think Colombia. Yeah, you know what I'm saying because he be spending the uh, the Spanish as well. That, that Rio, I think Rio Los. I mean Rio Los or Rio yeah, there. And yeah. I, that brother right there could spit. I'm I was actually highly impressed from what I heard from these guys. I am a big fan of, of course, Wu Tang, greatest rap group of all time. And uh, when I heard these guys spit, and you know the character that they had with the lyrics that they had. I'm like, yo, they, you know, they can be a super group. Like hey, they, hey. You know, if they keep, if they stay together, stay right, they could be a super group. And you right, Aki, L.A. based. I figured it. Yeah, I, I had got that vibe off of them. Now, you definitely right on that, Aki. Good call on that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I think they got an album out right now called Apartment 505. Okay. That's, I'm going to listen to that to this next week. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to yeah. come back maybe next week for uh, the next episode, talk more about the album. Because, granted, he just turned me on to him, so I only looked at a couple of videos, but I like what I heard. Yeah, I mean, we was put on by, first off, for me, it was the Instagram clips of the YouTube, like, freestyle videos where they're all sitting together in the room, you know, and they all take turns spitting on the same beat. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Left to right. Just going down, you know what I'm saying? And just killing it. I'm talking about, just the lyrical ability, MC ability, tone, cadence, flow. And quality of what the hell they was saying. Yeah, like, ly- lyrical content and quality. Yeah, Actually that, being you know, conscious with it. Yeah, that was that was very nice. You know, I definitely got like a, I, I felt in more like a 
Kendrick Lamar vibe. I felt I felt like I was in that. It wasn't like they sounded like them. They didn't sound like them, but it was like the vibe of you know the lyricism. And you know they got it. They got some. They got some. You know what I'm saying? Some abstract. You know what I'm saying? Like they got a little funky style about them. So you know what I'm saying? You know I can definitely see that group eventually coming out as a group and the brothers ended up you know doing an album together and then the other two doing solo albums and and all of that because they both got they all got personalities that can take them you know what i'm saying first so you know when you get a chance y'all please check out coast contra you know what i'm saying uh we like uh Aki said we're gonna try to you know oh see i didn't even catch this Aki. so the twin brothers this is on apple music with a membership that includes twin sons of rapper Raz Kaz and soul singer Tedra Moses. Hold on. So they the sons of Raz Kaz? Yes, the twins oh, are. Oh, okay. That makes perfect sense That's then. nuts, Aki. That makes perfect sense then. No wonder. Okay, now I can see all the lyricism in so there. We talking about underground hip-hop royalty. Shoot, like, man, Raz Kaz was a night. Shoot, that was a 90s royalty right there. I had his album on, uh, he was on Ruckus Records. He did an album on Ruckus. He also did an album on Loud. And yeah, Raz Cass is from the West Coast, I think. Yeah, he is from the West Coast. And this might be one of the few instances where the sons might go harder than the pops. Like all respect due to Raz Cos. But his sons Yeah, I, I ain't gonna front. Yeah, his sons hard. his sons is his sons is his sons is something. Don't get me wrong, Raz Cass was a West Coast lyricist. Like he was known as that guy from the the West Coast that could flow with the East Coast guy. But I, I think this is an example of a positive passing of the torch. There you know you what I'm saying? I where, respect that. Where the the next generation is supposed to pick up that torch and take it somewhere higher. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Style wise, you know what I'm saying? Of course, Ross Cass had consciousness yeah. in what he was saying yeah. as well. Most definitely, he did. Most, most definitely, definitely most did. definitely. But uh, seeing what his sons is on and now knowing that they were two of some of the most stylistically gifted, yeah. you know, artists as well. Because, I mean, the one brother with the Vegeta-type dress, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he... he Cut on the sides. Yeah. Know, his style, it, it, he got that Busta energy a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's like a... Com- like, yeah, like, got a... Dude, he got a... Yeah, he got a real, like... Got an animated flow. Like, I started... When I seen him, it sort of reminded me of, like, a Busta. But I got the vibe of, like, a... Like this, Busta ODB. Yeah, yeah. Like that type of they a character with they stuff, but they can tear your ass up. Yeah. They just they, you know they got that, character with them. That, that's a great analysis right there because Busta had that, of course, the bombastic style. Yeah. But he also had the very precise flow ability. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think everybody in the group possesses that. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I love how you know what I'm saying how just. Yeah, cause that track right there, Big, he came in hard. I was feeling that, I'm like that shit sound like some '90s shit right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was beautiful right there. I'm, I'm like this. I, I don't listen to too much hip hop these days. You know what I'm saying? That was an automatic ad, though. Yeah, that was automatic. I went ahead and subscribed to that. You know what I'm saying? I need to hear more of that, cause when I hear quality shit like that, I like to have that in my life. Yeah, you know? I, I don't see. You know what I'm saying? I don't see how they can go wrong, damn near. You know what I'm saying? That, cause they, they got. They do it all together. They got the style. You know what I'm saying? They can even hit a move. You know what I'm saying? They straightening a uh, yeah. freestyle video. You know what I'm saying? Like dancing wild. I'm talking about like, all the elements of hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, they really capturing stuff as MCs. Like, yeah, that was a video. They definitely did that. They did a nice little cover of straightening. That was hot. That was hot right there. So we're going to check out more. And also this past week they released a video 
where they had a feature for a Sierra song. Yeah. Yeah, that Sierra. Yeah. It was Sierra's song. Right. They were just featured in the song. Right. Right. Know? But uh, you know, hey, you know, they doing videos with Sierra. You know, they maybe they that might help with their interest into the game. I mean, you know, into that door that they trying to get into. No, I feel that, and I, a big part of me, Aki, is like, I like, I, I wish those brothers could just make it on the merit of their own style. Trying to, you know, what I'm saying the con, you know, what I'm saying the Trendy. conscious hip that they, they already do. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying, but to have, you know, what I'm saying, and I understand it. You know, if if, if Sierra called me up and said, you know, a hundred thousand for you to feature on my next single and appear in the video with you getting me. on the track, I'm I getting key. on the track, Aki. I got to take keep it real. You know, know what I'm saying? saying? I ain't going to say no outlandish shit, but you know what I'm saying? If she says some outlandish shit or represent herself, you know, Sierra was 36 years old, dressed up as a 16-year-old high school student. You know, and, and it was a high school student because they had school buses out there. Which, <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it, was school, it was yellow school buses and, you know, little bitty high school cheerleading uniforms. And she was throwing more ass than she ever threw in her career. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So well, I ain't gonna say more ass than what she threw in her career. Sierra I, known for throwing ass. As far as what we could see, now, I know. I mean, nah, that's about it. I would I say like this. I'm, a, I'm an expert in this, brother. Hey, <laughs> I, hey. I, all I no, can say is, you know, connoisseur. I be yeah. like my lower self be looking Nike. I just, hey, I just said lower self is real. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But hey, I mean, you know, they doing what they got. I mean, I'm not gonna say they doing what they got to do because it is a limit to this, y'all. We don't need people selling their souls and shit like that. For but, sure. But, you know, uh, I don't think that's a knock on them, you know what I'm saying? No, nah, I ain't I, saying... No, no, I'm I'm more so knocking Sierra. I ain't really knocking them. <laughs> I, I, under, I, I understand, brothers. You know what I'm saying? You knocking the ass? I ain't knocking the ass. I'm knocking... 36-year-old shaking ass. In a high school cheerleading uniform. In front of school buses. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you Would know, you I, say that's worse than the Sukiyana? Is that what, that's up there nah, with Sukiyana nah, twerking on nah, a little boy? No, nah, Sukiyana is a whole nother level. <laughs> Definitely a whole nother level. But it, it's just, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we complain, we talk about, we analyze all the time the hypersexualization of yep. society, the hypersexualization yep. of the black community, of, of the hip-hop industry. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, I think this is... A, this is an outcome of it where a 36 yeah. a 36 year old feels like she got to sell the sex you know what i'm saying as as part of the package you know what i'm saying and if you hear if you hear the testimony of women in music they attest to this yeah you know what i'm saying they te- their testimony is based on you know, look how we got to sell ourselves to be seen yeah so i'm also saying like you know what if what what type of music would we see from black america and black women you know in the music business you know what I'm saying? If if that wasn't a thing, if they didn't have to sell sex to do well, it. Well, you know something, though? To some extent, I hear that, but then I don't. And I'll tell you why. The biggest consumer of music made by females is not men. Other females. The biggest consumer of music put out by men is who? You tell me. White men, white women, black women, black men. But so how, how does the who's consuming the music? I mean, that, what I'm it, saying is this: if they wanted to change their image, they could because their largest constituency of listeners is women. Mm. Men, the average man ain't run. He may it may be a it may be a Sierra song that he like, you know. If it came on, he ain't gonna change it. But is he gonna go buy a Sierra album? Yeah, I, maybe. Is I, he gonna download her whole album? Like, most men ain't moving around listening to that. So it's like when they sell that type of stuff, yeah, they sell it 
it gets attention, but I don't think it's us consuming. Like, I don't think it's the men actually buying the music. I think that I think men do. I'm, the, there are certain powerful men that are like the gatekeepers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, yeah. That are, that you know, I, I guess require or expect a certain level of sexuality. Yeah. But also, I think my point is mainly not just about who consumes it, like who purchases it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But also, who's watching it? Who's consuming yeah. it? Yeah. Just uh, you know, even the the free shit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like on their Spotify or their YouTube. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That certainly has an effect well, on, the, and, on the black community culturally. Yeah, and, and I mean, because who watching it is going to be the young, the young black male, or the black male and the black female, mm-hmm. and it has its effects on both of them. It may be a little different, but it's both. You know, it definitely both has a, a negative effect on them because it oversexualizes. It gives a pro- wrong perception for a young lady, and it gives a wrong perception for a young man. Or man and woman, just in general, you know what I'm saying? It gives that perception that's just like. I mean, I think the re- the repercussions of the hypersexualization is a over focus, uh, a lack, uh, a, well, a growing division. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think we see the the symptoms or the outcomes of a hyper, being hypersexualized. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's in a lot of different areas. You know what I'm saying? So, and it, I'm, so I'm not saying this is all Sierra's fault. You know what I'm saying? She's not even, mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, one of the biggest, you know, agents of it. Of yeah. it. But you know what I'm saying? I guess it's just seeing Coast Contra, who I, I guess, I wanted or expected. You know what I'm saying? To come through on a much more conscious level with all the other music is. It was a, for me like a stark contrast. Even though they was able to do the dancing and do the the entertainment part of the music aspect, hundred yeah. yeah. percent. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But, uh, you know what I'm saying? You know, hey, and maybe this is just me making too big a deal of how much ass is being seen. You know what I'm saying? Maybe <laughs> the square inches of ass don't really matter as much. It was I mean, an overload of assism? Possibly. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe I've been poisoned by Sukiyana. Yeah, yeah, You know what yeah, I'm yeah. saying? Sukiyana what, what was the, yeah, what was yeah. the name of that? Oh, Dystopian Coochie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, Ashy back feet. Oh, my God. <laughs> she said this is for all the ashy back foot <laughs> No she, dirty, dirty back foot. This she gave a shout out. Said this is for all the dirty back foot bitches. That's crazy. That's crazy. You know oh wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, but, I, I understand why you went there. Yeah, that's traumatizing to you right there. That. <laughs> but coast contra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coast contra though. Well, I hey, I said like this, y'all go check them out. Yeah, you know, go check them out, man. They worth listening to. Uh, I'm gonna definitely be playing that through the building this week as you know I saying? work. Let Coast Contra, you know, what I'm saying, be an aspect of what gets these other pointless rappers. You know, what I'm saying, rappers who ain't got no type of politics, no type of nothing. You know, what I'm saying, out the paint. You yeah, because some of these rappers need to go to sleep for good. Yes, some of them going to sleep for good. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Umar, baby. <laughs> All right, bet, bet, bet. So hey, we gonna stay on that topic just for a little bit, Aki. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna go to talk about State Senator Tierra Mack. Wow. So uh, this is Senator. Rhode Island. I don't know how many niggas out there in Rhode Island, mm-hmm. but she's a state senator in Rhode Island, and I believe under thirty. And she made a video trying to get others to vote for her. Yeah. Within this video, she's in a bikini, and then do a headstand, shaking ass on a headstand. You know what I'm saying? Camera catch the full everything. I will. I will admit. 
as a black man. Talk about it, Aki. The system looks righteous. Come on now. And all the and all the um most uh divine ways. My higher self and my lower self know she's a beautiful woman. Yeah. You, you know, know what I'm saying? Now my lower self, of course, look at the ass shaking and be like, hey, I like it. I mean, you got more content like yeah. this, like what's up? You know what I'm saying? Cause but my higher self though, Aki, my higher self tells me that that's not the example that should be set. You know what I'm saying for our political representation. Man, I, we can't. For me, I don't like that slope. I don't like where that's headed. You know what I'm saying? Where we're so hypersexualized, we can't. You know, we see sexual gyrations of the booty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right there, aligned with political representation. I, I mean, like, uh, no state senator should be twerking in public on social media. First of all, let's just talk about just that Democratic bullshit, this Democratic Party bullshit. Um, I know you recall Aki, the show we did about what was that about? How many years ago that was? Something about. Them with the stri- they got get your this- booty to the polls. Yeah, get your booty to the polls. They had the strippers trying to sell yeah, us the vote. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Democratic Party. Yeah. Man. Yeah. You know, so we did a show on that, y'all. Go through the archives, look it up. You know. My phone is looping the booty shaking right now. I'm- yeah. <laughs> 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 it's Matt. Um, you know what I'm saying? And um, you know, this is some other shit. Now, really, the real thing is this. Tierra Mac got some real weird energy. <laughs> energy in politics. Right. Um, I just don't back some politician because they black. Um, so she she's, uh, just for some factoids, yeah. she's sponsoring a bill for teaching kids queer inclusive pleasure-based sexual education. What the fuck is that? Now she also... Uh, in her response to the response to her twerking video, she says the media is trying not to cover the real issues, but not on my watch. I hashtag twerk for joy, abortion, justice, body autonomy, trans rights and intersex rights. What the fuck is twerk for joy? Uh, what is twerking for joy, Aki? That's something different, Aki. You know any, but, you know, I, everything she listed, you know, whether I agree or don't agree. You know what I'm saying? Where she? I mean, she. This is a black woman. She ain't saying nothing about what the black community specifically is going through. And yes, I recognize None of that. that. Now I recognize that there are members of the black community that are deaf. That in all know, in all those segments. In all those segments, you know what I'm saying? Uh, whether it be abortion, justice, body autonomy, and trans rights, but also we know that the black community on a political economic scale is undergoing a, a historical regime that yeah. you know entails a lot more. Than these identity-based issues, you know what I'm saying? Even those that, you know what I'm saying, yeah. are very important. You know, some of these abortion rights uh, things are, are very important to talk about. You, you know black first. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, Aki. I mean, I, mean, I don't get it. Uh, I mean, I heard the, I heard an explanation, the little live she did as an explanation. I'm going to say this, and this, this, I don't want nobody to stereotype or get upset with me about this right here. When I heard the girl speak, the lady speak, the senator speak. I'm going to give her respect. She's a senator. When I heard her speak, her whole demeanor didn't really give me the vibe that she's really like, you know, 
even with that. No, I don't know. I think her, she has earned her political bones, not in black people, but more in um, LBGT communities because she is a professed um, lesbian. And um, I think her constituency has mostly been that. Um, we have to remember Rhode Island is, ain't my man, what's, didn't my man come from Rhode Island, uh, Bernie Sanders? I think so, or Vermont or some shit. Yeah, something like that up in that area. It's right. very liberal area. But I'm just thinking like, yo, like, you doing exactly what this white patriarchal sexually perverse system want to see from you. Yeah, we want your politics to be you shaking your ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, anything from the truth. You can't. You ain't, ain't say shit about reparations in there. Ain't no real power. Ain't no real change coming from niggas going to protests and and dancing or our political representatives twerking. This is a, that's a distraction. I mean, from what yeah, from what politics yeah, need to yeah. be for us, for for us as a people. I mean, it's a distraction. But I'm now now I'm like more on a person. I'm on a level like you know, where's the cultural decorum? Where's the f? You know, the, where's the decorum? Hey, you some, was you a senator. Some people would say that's respectability politics. Nah, fuck all that. Some people would say that uh, like this, if you, our African ancestors twerked for joy, yeah. our African ancestors twerked for 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 social justice. What do you say to that, Key? Twerking is not a part of African culture. Stop doing that shit. I get tired of people trying to put that on black people. They got you know what I'm saying put that on African culture. We was twerking in Africa. No, we wasn't. We was not twerking in goddamn Africa. And even if you go to countries where those people have dances that maybe resemble twerking, they ain't walking around just twerking at a random. These are normally ceremonial, traditional dances that they do as a group of ladies together during ceremony. They ain't got nothing to do with some joy shit. And even and not to say that they wasn't enjoyed when they was doing it in the traditional African sense. But this shit we is gotta, retarded. We got to be accountable to the ways that colonialism, capitalism, white supremacy, you know what I'm saying, has twisted and changed, you know, uh, things for us. Twerking for... So that's what she was doing. She And then, like, I think that if you're a pilot, like, not a pilot, well, I don't want to say pilot, any type of authority position, right, of major two that deals with governance, you, if you can't do it in the church... You can't do it there. I can't. Well, you, you're if, right. If you, you can't twerk in the church, you shouldn't be twerking as a senator. If you're a pastor and you can't go live and twerk, if that's considered inappropriate, it should be considered inappropriate for you to do that, whether it's an imam, whoever. Like, there's a certain standard of, of respect. And then, like, everybody want to claim this. Well, you know, they took my black people and all this stuff. And I'm like, well... You didn't think about none of that shit and how you represented us when you did it. I'm really scared Tierra Mac trying to teach kids about sex and sexuality as well. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Because we like we know we should know our children are too overexposed and being and are being hypersexualized. I think what it is that she she has been getting some pushback from this. I think when and and, and every time I hear the pushback, they definitely go into that point mm-hmm. that you just mentioned. Now and, Real quick, we know the whole sexual sexual liberation movement in contemporary society comes from the 60s and 70s. These white French and white Europeans seeing black people struggling for civil rights and saying, we're oppressed too. Yeah. And how are we oppressed? We're sexually oppressed by, by capitalist society. And what was people like Michel Foucault 
the premier postmodernist and others like him mm-hmm. saying they were saying that uh, they were signing petitions. This is part of the archive. Every, yeah. Everybody can look this up. Yeah. They were signing petitions that children should be allowed as early as 9, 10, 11 years old to consent to sexual adults. What was the name of those magazines these fools had? They had some weird... Come on, Aki. Hold on. They you about to make some, me look it up, bro. They had some weird, funky ass... The Little Rogue? Yeah. They so so these people, <laughs> the these, little rogue. These, I, I key these. Pedi- he's a rogue now. Talking about boys. Yeah, I know, know he's a rogue. Th- these pedophiles were. Uh, this is sixty seven, sixty eight. You start seeing journals in Europe and you know all throughout the Americas too, as far yeah. as how they're being spread through white society. Uh, they're putting out. They're so organized. They have the. Pedophile Liberation Front. Wow. You know what I'm saying? The PLF, nigga. PLF, baby. They, they put out actual journals that, that were distributed, right? Called The Little Road, called Backside. Oh, my God. Called The Research Group for a Different Childhood. You know what I'm saying? And these are the, the, the intellectual leaders of the sexual liberation movement. And and even uh, people like uh, Foucault, Michel Foucault. Yeah. He still made he's he's passed now. Yeah. But he still maintains a premier place yeah. in this the intellectual school of thought around sexual liberation. And and what she's promoting. She wanted to bring sexual liberation to our children. Yeah, sounds just in that tone. You well that, we know that as um people who try to do our scholarly or, or research duty. That if you wanna follow if you want to find out what something's about or find out what somebody's about, trace back its ideology. Trace it back. What, what do they profess and who that go back to? And then look at what they're doing. So you see this and you see she trying to get this right here to kids. And then you look at what these dudes doing, the little rogue, yeah, so backside. These postmodernists like Foucault, they, the whole notion behind what they were saying was they were saying that the notion of child protection was deemed patriarchal. And that's what we're seeing in, in our society even still today. And that hasn't changed. The idea is that these, especially racialized males, instilling a different sense of authority from a different worldview for their children, right, is deemed patriarchal and toxic, right? It's deemed toxic. Yeah. If you're trying to protect your children from what these liberals and these progressives so-called are claiming what is sexually progressive, you know what I'm saying? I always tell Yaki that the white man wants to create a society where he can be who he is. And that's a savage. Yeah. He wants to be who he is out in the open. And so when you go look at traditional Roman, um, early Greek, um, and even to some extent Germanic cultures, what you find out amongst them is that children, to some extent, didn't have any rights, and they didn't, some to some extent, didn't have any rights even to the parents. And so you had many times children being given away, little boys being given away to these men by their parents, these feudal lords and shit like that. Hey, you know, um, gr- Greek culture, Roman culture. The highest level of manhood was rooted into being able to have sex with a boy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The whole concept of Eve being evil, that's some shit that really comes out of Rome. So it's like, 
you, you know, th- Oof. as we seek to transition from topics, I do want to just throw another bomb into the basket, right? I read uh, some shit about Margaret Sanger, right? Yeah. The eugenicist who helped found the Planned Parenthood. Queen. Right. The queen of Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Who was a eugenicist. Yeah. Saw certain races as undesirable, containing undesirable traits that should be on a genetic level weeded out. Yep. Right? She was also, imagine this, Saki, into the occult. Yeah. Have you heard about this? Yeah. She was into the occult, and we're going to bring more. I think we should do a whole episode, a whole segment on this, maybe next week or the mm-hmm. week after that. But she was so into the occult, this white woman, that in this occult, there what they saw as a, a goal yeah. was creating genderless children. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we, we had, this is in the context of gendered systems. Yes, these are social structures. But see, you go to these postmodern universities like the University of Illinois, and they try to teach you that every social construct is evil yeah that's not true that's See, not true culture culture is a social construct so these people that are trying to you know you know margaret sanger being part of being involved with the occult mm-hmm. trying to take away uh you know try to create genderless yeah. a genderless future yeah it's also one that's controlled by their way of thinking because I, my last point on this gender is a foundational part of one's culture yeah. the ideas around gender and gendered relations and reproduction mm-hmm. These are fundamental to what a uh, how a cult, what a culture is and how it continues and thrives and changes. So th- they want us disrooted, unrooted from all of that. So we're just easier and better lubricated cogs in this white supremacist machine. Now it's funny because you said that um, she was um, definitely into a cult. She was dealing with a lot of with uh, at the time Aleister Crowley. Um, a lot of theophysis or theophysis type thinking. Um, and it definitely was racial. Um, to be honest with you, when you read those type of teachings, you're going to find out that they're racist. They have a concept. They came up with concepts like the master race. The whole Aryan thing that Hitler was talking about was coming from the occult. That's in occult. I got books at the house that's occult books, and you'll see that word Aryan in it. And that book was probably from 1900, sometimes from like 1848, 1890. It's sort of when the occult first started hitting America. So it has definitely a racial component. And the main racial component is simple. It states that the European is the fifth root race. And at this current time, there isn't a sixth or a seventh root race. We're in the fifth one. And the European is the apex of that race so far. It states that the black man and the brown man were the original race. That's what it states. It also states that we were some type in the beginning before we became man. We were some type of jelly-like creature that was both male and female right you know what i'm saying they claimed that we was this type of being and so we didn't have to have sex with each other and you know a person could self-produce on his own and we were genderless and the person was able to be fluid as they wanted to be yeah this is all that type of shit it's all up in there. i've read all of that shit i've read all of it and yes it is their culture. 
It is their ways. And it's a lot of it's based on mythology. I'm going to keep it real, y'all. A lot of this shit they can't prove. Oh, for sure. For sure. A lot of it they can't prove. It's, it's a, you're seeing somebody using, pretty much trying to make their mythos reality. Last point on this, as far as the example, uh, another, another factoid I want to throw out there, Aki, one that we can pick up on maybe next week. Sojourner Truth. Sojourner Truth, uh, maybe the, the first prominent black woman who partnered with the white feminist, then a white uh, women's suffrage movement, uh, you know, she was also, before her involvement there, was a member of a cult. Yep. A white cult led by, and so all you got to do is just Google Sojourner Truth and the Kingdom of Matthias. Google that, you'll see what I'm talking about. So this is part you know the the relationship between the occult uh even christian cults you know what i'm saying christian based cults and uh gendered movements is definitely something to study you know mm-hmm. and something we should be paying attention to as as hurtful as it might hear you know that might be to hear for some people as yeah. difficult as it is for me to say where i'm you know i might gotta work at universities who are founded on this type of uh thinking you know what i'm saying it's still yeah. got to be said Aki. yeah that there you know and i read this in a book that was assigned to me at the university of illinois mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying uh i believe the book was called the kingdom of matthias uh. you know what i'm saying so check that out you know what i'm saying like that stuff is out there i'm not saying I, i'm not making any statement about how much that influenced her future work but you know what i'm saying sojourner truth it is a true statement to say that sojourner truth worked with the type of white suffragist a white feminist you know what I'm saying? That was that was giving black women messages like if black men get the vote before women do, then they're going to oppress you worse than uh, what white men do to us. I mean, you know, it's just a typical thing of indoctrination. The first indoctrination that they put on black people in America was their religion. And so when you look at the time of Sojourner Truth, you also had a lot of those the, the great Baptist religion. Uh, the revival era was going on religion was sweeping all through the country and a lot of black people and note this is the same time that a lot of slave masters this is when they started to allow their slaves to learn religion this is one of the main things in the catalyst with Nat Turner you know what I'm saying Nat Turner was brought in to tame slaves in other plantations with the religion you know they probably saw what Voodoo was did in Haiti and we got scared. I'm yeah, at first they didn't have that moniker. That's why when Nat Turner was a child, and they show it in the movie. Now I'm not gonna say that was a historical fact, but it makes perfect sense, especially if you read some other accounts of that time. They show Nat Turner in the beginning of the movie in a ceremony with his mother mm-hmm. around Hoodoo ladies. Mm-hmm. And they doing a ceremony. That's mm-hmm. because before Nat Turner's time. Religion was control. They didn't have that type of prescription on them, far as religious wise. They just didn't let you practice it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now they gave you something to practice and taught you all that bullshit. You know. And then after that, Turner, guess what? They cut it off again. And, <laughs> and what complicates that history even more? There was a, a long period of time in that early African in the Americas history. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Dealing with these colonizers and these enslavers where one was inclined to convert to Christianity because the law stated yeah. that you cannot enslave a Christian person. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? So think about that being an inclination for some early Africans, or really many. Yeah. My, my freedom will come through my conversion to Christianity. Yeah. And some people, that was a contested thing legally. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was something contested, hotly contested in multiple states. I, I mean, a lot of people want to talk sometimes. We've been hearing people lately talk about black conquistadors. Mm. And it's funny because they never look until why was the black conquistador over here? Well, what was the first prescription of him? He had to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. You look at most conquistadors, they wasn't raised around white people. They was raised around black people. Most of them came out of Morocco. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The, the, when Morocco was a little more browner. Most of them people was coming out of Morocco. The ones who stayed in Spain when the Moors was kicked out. Mm-hmm. You know, And so they converted, but also was still under service. So they tried to say, well, they were free. They said they was free because they were Christians. But they were still under service to the Spanish crown. So they were sent over here. You know. Mm-hmm. So religion has always been used. I just say that, you know what I'm saying, the doctrination on black people is real. You know, I think that I think there's been a decent amount of pushback against the twerking senator. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've seen I think the mass Black opinion is clear. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Of course, you got some personalities in media or in the academy. Yeah, that might voice something different. But I, I, she got a resounding pushback. I think from Black yeah. America yeah. on that, yeah. from those that, that witnessed it. And so, you know, um, with that being said, yo, you just got to do better. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're gonna keep it moving. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So we got two more topics we're gonna touch on just briefly before we get out of here today. Yep. And that's the we'll start with the Highland Park shooting. Yeah. That happened uh, in Chicago on 4th of July. Yeah. So, uh, white man, uh, goofy-looking motherfucker. I think he was even, at the time, one of the tweets we got saved in the notes. No, he was dressed as a woman. Yeah, this is, yeah, okay. So, this yeah, is on Fox. As a woman. Yeah, I think on Fox News reported that, that i seen. That um, multiple, I haven't looked too much on the news. I'm just looking at, like, what came across yeah. my desk is from Disclosed TV. They had a still image of a Fox News report yeah. that basically stated that. I looked at a couple of news. Uh, so he was dressed as a woman on the rooftop yeah. when he did what he did. He and he killed this- He killed eight or ten, something like that. Yeah, he killed uh, uh, eight people. And this is in Highland Park, one of the richest yeah. areas in the country. Yeah, there's money there. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Every house is 250 and up. And, uh, yo, you know, he opened fire on the roof. You know, they laid some people down. Um, they caught him. Um, he showed connections or at least an um, affinity with white racist groups. He was at some Trump rallies and shit, right? Yeah. And even uh, his um, connection with him uh, looking at some stuff from some of those racist groups that came out of Ukraine. Mm. So, um you know, of course, you know, you know, you got this situation. Uh, ironically, he was shooting up white people, <laughs> you know, uh, but a racist don't really give a shit. Did he ever come out and say, like, why he did what he did? I haven't heard anything like that yet. You know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, this just sort of lets you know the involata- the involatile nature of the European American, because oh boy, that shot us up in the grocery store. Yeah, he made it clear. He let it be known. Yeah, it, white was. replacement theory. We, I'm getting these niggas out of here to make room for more white people. And, Pretty much, and to wake white people up. Pretty much. Yeah. But then this, this racist. I mean, going to Trump rallies and shit. 
Yeah. He he go and shoot up some rich white people. I I don't direct. I mean, at a Fourth of July rally celebrating yeah. this country. Yeah. I'm trying to understand. Like, I can't pin it down. Like, I guess that's why I'm wondering that like, he was caught, you know, peacefully. So I guess you're gonna tell us one day. I, I mean, it go like this, man. You know, um, it go back to like what it was back in the day. Black man is a nigga. And if you're a white man that mess with black people, you're a nigga lover. And you just the same as him. I know people that are um, of mixed heritage whose white parent is documented as a Negro because they was married to a Negro. Like, like literally... That's why I never heard yeah, of that. Yeah, some states felt... You know, you know who they is too. Some states felt if you marry a Negro, use a Negro. That's how they. That's where they racism was at. Well, if you if you if you like niggers, you goddamn gonna be a nigger. <laughs> and and you ended up down there in the poor parts with the Negroes or wherever your 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 standing was and situation was. So, you know, um, yo, hey. This guy right here, I looked at, they showed some pictures of him, you know, from social media. He looked like a, just a geek. You know, he got the tats on his face and stuff like that. He really gave me the vibe of being, like, more into goth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's the vibe I got. Like, he was into goth. But those type of, those two type of communities are slowly but surely starting to mix. Did he wear the women costume as a disguise or as a, a legitimate, like, presentation of self? Um, the pictures that I seen of him, a lot of those pictures he looked regular. Yeah, when I saw, I saw pictures of him I getting think he, caught. Yeah, I like think he got pulled over and got pulled over by the police and got caught. He wasn't in women's clothes. Yeah, the women's clothes is when he did the the joint. Right, and yeah. I, I, I that's my question: was it a disguise or was he on like uh some like more mm-hmm. like trans? Like was he like a transgender? Yeah, I type I don't of know. Identity? He could be, but like I know from what all the pictures and from what they showed the footage. He he he's always he dresses like a guy. On the pictures he took, he was dressed like a guy, and the picture that they the pictures that they have of him, uh, not as he's doing it, but now they have footage of him actually you know like entering the building and all that other type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, what I'm saying he has female clothes on. I guess I'm just for me it might just be like a search for like a reason. Like okay, this is like a a transgender person who. Is like feels repression because of their identity, but it wouldn't that, feel it wouldn't seem right to like if you got that and then and so well, I mean that's a weird combination. I was, I, I mean, go I mean, ahead, cause, yeah, because like conservatives, Republicans, you know, what I'm saying they don't go, yeah, for that, you know, what I'm saying yeah. LGBTQ movement type stuff. Yeah, yeah, that could be a case. So that's why that like, but it could just like it could have just been him in the disguise. Yeah, or you know maybe you know that's part of the story that we just ain't heard yet. Yeah. I, I ain't really hear nothing from uh, Buddy. I mean, not Buddy, but that dude yet. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'll say this. You know, hey, uh, it very much could be. It's very weird how that, you know, that went down. Um, Highland Park, uh, normally the races that are generally of this era, when they choose to pull that move, they choose to want to shoot up some black folks, maybe some Mexicans or something like that. Most times black folks, though. This one, he went to a neighborhood. that I, And I won't say Highland Park is all white. Um, It has black people and Latino people there. Yeah. If you got money, you're there. Yeah. 
And so I think there were some Latino people that got killed. Yeah, so it could very much could be the case. And Highland Park is still close to the hood. Mm-hmm. It ain't like it's just separated. You know what right. I'm saying? It's still to the hood. It's still like the hood is down the street. So you know, um, I mean, for anybody to be shot while having doing some type of celebration is a tragedy. You know what I'm saying? Nobody should use that, leave their life. I just think this is one of those situations with black people. What we can take from this is, you know, we got to be watchful. You know, uh, white people are getting a little volatile right now. They're getting a little edgy. Alienated. Yeah, you know. Um, you know, I, I mean, let's just be real. You know, um, they, you know, we all know the story with their birth rates and, and things of that such nature. And slowly but surely, even the American culture that they tried to preserve is being totally dissolved. A lot of people are seeing the next decade, two decades as the turning point for how things will end up in our society, yeah. for a country, whatever. And that's real talk. I mean, to be real with you, as um, Yesitella, Brother Omar, uh, uh, Brother Yesitella always says, you know, uh, capitalism is parasitic. And so what you're seeing is capitalism, when you build a, a nation on capitalism, it turns the nation unto itself. Mm-hmm. You know, it turns on, it eats away at that shit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I'm cool with it eating away at it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We trying to get rid of this shit. But, um, yeah, we just need to be watchful and black people need to get on point with their gun ownership. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because it's survival. It's liberation by any means necessary, Aki. We, we, we want freedom. By any means necessary. Any means, Aki. You know. So, uh, we're going to keep it rolling. Last topic for today, we're going to touch on it briefly. First off, to commemorate those Africans that passed uh, at the... Mamela. Yeah, Melalia Massacre. Uh, This is a a part of Morocco that is controlled by Spain. Yeah. Uh, a, A border that Spain controls... Some African migrants tried to cross over and were brutally pushed back, killed, and, uh, you know, in the chaos, the estimates for Africans that killed in this event. And this took place, uh, you got it on there, Aki. Yeah, this uh, took place on uh, June, June 24th. Yeah. Um, in the early morning, they say 2,000 people stormed the fence. Um you know, Moroccan security officers met them with fear, with tear gas and batons. But by the time the melee cleared, 23 immigrants had been killed, though local non-governmental organizations say the toll could be as high as 37. Now, there are some estimates that go all the way up to 200 as yeah. well. I mean, I we seen the photos, and I'm thinking, like, okay, 23. It was a little small little block, but they was heaped on top of each other. Like that was only one block. Like there were several yeah, blocks yeah. of people that were, you know, stationary on the ground. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if they wasn't dead, that they they was incapacitated. Yeah. Some people were still moving. Um, you know. But they was nobody was getting no medical attention. Nobody was, you know what I'm saying? There was the people was on the laying on the ground still getting beat with batons. Now check this shit out, right? You know what I'm saying? Pedro Sanchez, socialist prime minister, blamed the human trafficking mafias for what he said was an attack on territorial integrity of Spain. 
He thanked the Moroccan authorities for their work, adding that Morocco also fights and suffers from this violence. Now, you know, I guess he's a socialist prime minister, but the fact that he's from Spain, and this is something right here that always gets me, um, you know, people are starting to, you know, throw out, you know what I'm saying, well, you know, they, they were breaking the law and things of that such nature, you know what I'm saying, Spain and Morocco ain't invaders, and I mean, you know, they're not the victims in this shit. You know, I know a lot of people like to kick this pan-Africanism where they think just because a person is on the continent that they the same as them. Right. And that's one of the quotes you heard people say. They say, well, it's a shame that the same, the people that did this to them, did this to these Africans were Africans. And I'm like, no. Those people are invaders. Stop thinking they're your kind. This shit been going on for a long time. And that might even owe to the need for us to use a different word than African. And we got to maybe get past that word, too. Just because, I mean, one, Africa. I hate to, for this to be a tangent, but Africa wasn't that the name, I believe, of a European conqueror, Africanus or, I some, mean, or some shit like that. He, the name but, was put on him. It was a region in Africa. And the name was given to him as a title. Right. So if you were a general and you fought in... Um, Persia, you know what I'm saying, or you fought in the East, they would give you that name. Okay. It's like I, an Appalachian. So. Okay, now I follow you, and I think, thank you for the clarification. Yeah. But uh, I'm also thinking, like, just because these invaders, you know what I'm saying, non-black Africans as we think of them, you know what I'm saying, had invaded these northern African countries long ago, yeah. by now hundreds of years ago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We Sometimes we can get confused you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it was fellow Africans that did this to them? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that word is, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I agree with the distinction you're making. I, yeah. I I really do. But, you know, I guess I'm just pointing out the trouble of this word. Mm-hmm. If you have people that have been in Africa now three or four generations. Yeah. And uh, they're not the same type of, Af- you know, the, with, like there's an anti-blackness at play. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, that even if you're African, you can still be an agent. Even if mm-hmm. your skin is... Light as Jared Balls, yeah, or, or as dark as anybody, uh, as dark as it gets, yeah. You know, what I'm saying you can be anti-black. I mean, like, I think that, you know, in this situation, this comes from that. See, people say that when they have, I hate to say it, the continental, continentalism or continental pan-Africanism, or what you can call the Nkrumah pan-Africanism. It's a lot different than the Garvey Pan-Africanism. Garvey's Pan-Africanism was a black African Pan-Africanism. Original inhabitants of Africa, it belongs to them. Whereas when Nkrumah came, Nkrumah said he wanted to unite the forces all on the continent that was, re- that was going against colonialism. So, you know, he welcomed the Egyptians, the Moroccans, the Algerians, and things of that such nature. It was a necessity and necessary at right. that time. Now, with this massacre, we have Moroccans working on behalf of Spain and the European Union Yep. to control the migration of a people they destabilized. Yep. You know, we got to read and talk about Walter Rodney's The Underdevelopment of Africa. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Where these Africa is a zone of the world intentionally underdeveloped to disrupt the power and resource development of these areas. 
you know, for the purpose of control colonialism. So now generations into this process, we have, uh, and, and really it's been this way for generations too, but, you know, we see how it's coming to a head now. But uh, we see, uh, you know, Africans trying to leave these destabilized, uh, underdeveloped places, you yeah. know, where they can't make no living. People starving to death. Running the goddamn year. You know what I'm saying, and th- we we are seeing some uh, start like real serious issues with starvation and and hunger, you know, in, in sub-Saharan Africa, as yeah. well as uh, in places I believe like Afghanistan. Yeah, I've been reading a lot about that as well. So these places are underdeveloped. Yeah, their their development and productive capability, you know, the ability to do for self is undercut by uh organizations like the european union mm-hmm. you know nation especially the nations included in the european union uh and combined with america and most of these um refugees africans were from sudan and chad right some of them were from south sudan too now um, even with that being said i'm still happy to see we, we watched a short clip of uh, a representative of kenya yeah that is on the UN Security Council that mm-hmm. called that you know called this out for the brutality shown against these Black Africans. Yeah, and uh, called for a need to you know get the facts on the case. Yeah, and whatnot. We know that they underselling the brutality that they handed out talking yeah. about the Moroccan uh, authorities you know at the border. But I mean they throw. I mean for me, like and I, I remember you know what I'm saying I was a practicing Muslim at one point in time, and. You know, studying the history, I wanted to know the history of Islam in Africa. And I learned, you know, the history of Islam in Africa, but what I also learned is recent history. And it's been a it's been a well-known fact that um, a lot of these countries, um, Morocco, Maritwana, all of these places like that, still do have slavery. And they will still enslave black Africans. Um, this is one of the main reasons why a lot of the Tuareg people dwell in the center part of the damn desert. That's how they ended up there, really. You know what I'm saying? Escaping from Roman enslavement, but also leaving from um, what you would call, I guess, Arab enslavement on the continent. I just don't think that just because somebody's on the continent, they're one of us. Just like the white South African is not African. The white Arab is not African, you know, and we have to be, and Africans got to be wise too, because, you know, they running trying to get to Europe through these places. And I understand it's the closest way to Europe from there. But the reality is, is like, shit, these were some of the same people that were selling you to Europeans back in the day. You think they won't sell your ass to them again? So it's, you know what I'm saying? We just got to get, you know, as a people, man, this is, you know, I don't like to see Africans going through that, but it's like it's one of those things where we got to learn from our lessons. Sometimes I think that's that naivety that can take place when it comes to race and Africa. Like, I always feel that, you know, African-Americans, new Africans, we understand race to its fullest. Like, we got a, a clear cut, like, no, no, this is what they do. You know what I'm saying? And other places, they don't have that. Like, like it's like it's not there. And the same shit could have happened. Like, it could have been heinousness there. But, like, I've noticed that, like, you know, 
Whereas I may be leery sometimes of others. The African isn't. The, you know, the continental African isn't. And I'm like, why you don't have... And he, is, he doesn't see it well, the same way. I don't know what nah, that is, but, you know. But No, nah, I definitely feel you. I think some of it is, you know, the experience, perceptions we have in the belly of the beast yeah. in a white majority country. Yeah. I think, you know, some of it is maybe the Africans that we're exposed to. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Maybe the, the mass Africans feel very similar to us. True indeed. You know True what I'm indeed. saying? But also, you know what I'm saying, just on the account of, on the, on the, the first point i mentioned of us being in the belly of the beast the people that founded this country like thomas jefferson i just seen this tweet uh three hours ago a.m davenport he said enslaved people men women and children represented an an estimated 90 percent of the appraised value of thomas jefferson's estate oh yeah we're talking about so uh, a founder framer of this country he owned hundreds thomas jefferson 90 percent of his value he owned hundreds he inherited hundreds so what was the foundation of American power, American ingenuity? Yeah, all these things. Right. It was our bodies, yeah. our labor. Yeah, our we we were crushed. Yeah, and made the lifeblood of a wicked system. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And we we're, we have a very intimate connection with that here in New Africa. Yeah, and that's a weird thing because see, for me, I look at Africa and I say, well, y'all should think that way. Y'all running to go to Europe to a place that you get treated like shit but actually was built on your backs. Colonialism, like, it's so funny, right? They had the, uh, I think that was the Berlin Conference when they divided up Africa. Yeah, yes, yes it was. They had the Berlin Conference. They divided up Africa. Then they had World War I, right? And what was the main thing that pissed Germany off? Not only was Germany split up, and territory was lost for them on the continent of Europe. They were also pissed off because their con- their colonial territories was also taken. Germany used to be in Africa, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They was in Southeast Asia. They they had colonies around here. It was just under the Austrian, you know, hunk, the Austrian type thing. That's what was going on then, you know. And that was one of the main claims that Hitler had, like. The, we're going to reform the, the German Empire and not, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, we're seeing Africa. You're the, you've are the you been the catalyst. That's how important you are. No, you're right, Aki. And, you know, as we wrap up today, because I, I, I do got to get out of here, I want to point to something else. Just think about the African continent and a crossover between African-Americans and Africans. Yeah. Something to talk about for next week. Uh, a new movie starring Viola Davis, The Woman King. Where she's a leader of uh, the female warriors in Dahomey, right? Okay. And, and Dahomey is one of the biggest African participants in the slave trade. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh, there's a trailer for the movie that we should watch and we can kind of dig into some of that history. Gotcha. And talk about how our feelings on it because, you know, I already see it being hotly debated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And on Twitter and other places. So we're going to save that convo though for next week. You know what I'm saying? Uh, hopefully y'all enjoyed this episode I think Aki provided a great summation For you know what I'm saying The segments uh, today So uh, anything else you want to add Aki You know stay safe stay awoke stay alive Yes sir you know what I'm saying Keep that fire burning You know for always Yes sir peace out y'all Peace man